What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on rotogrinders.com. Happy to be with you talking another golf tournament. Uh, we've got the uh, Mayakoba, uh, which has changed sponsors like five times in the last six years. I believe it's the Worldwide Technology Championship. Uh, we'll just refer to it as Mayakoba. That's the uh, the one constant we have at this event. Uh, and that's the, the uh, tournament we will be breaking down for you here tonight, slash this morning, slash whenever you happen to be listening. I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. I'll be the host of the show for you. And uh, I've got my usual partner, Notorious, Derek Farnsworth, beside me. Noto, what's going on? How was last week for you? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, certainly could have been a lot worse. Uh, but yeah, excited to be here. We got some... Uh, game series or some World Series action going on right now. Game six, we got some NBA action, um, NFL week nine in full swing. So a lot of good going on in the sports world. And uh, yeah, lots of sweat, which uh, is always fun and uh, always taxing from a content perspective. <laughs> yeah, this time of year is uh, not enviable for those that, uh, you know, don't have to, to do that uh, multiple sport grind. So uh, it's uh, it's taxing, but certainly worth it if you if you ship some money and win a GPP or something along the way. Uh, and last week we talked about the Bermuda Championship. Boy, Sunday uh, couldn't have gone worse for me. I didn't obviously didn't have any Patrick Reed, didn't have the two Aussies at the top. I had a ton of Pendrith uh, who was in position there to win and shot five over on Sunday. Didn't make a single birdie, so uh, everything kind of went uh, went downhill for me on on Sunday. I had some sweats that uh, quickly evaporated. Uh, with Pendrith falling to uh, to fifth uh, and some of those other guys making a move up the leaderboard. But we saw on Thursday, and uh, we talked about it last week, that uh, it was expected to be pretty high winds. And that first day, that morning wave shot like three over par, and there ended up being about a two-and-a-half stroke advantage uh, for those that teed off in the afternoon, which I didn't really see coming. Uh, and I didn't you know, split up my lineups enough to uh, to take advantage of that potential weather draw. So the one time... You know, I didn't really play it, didn't really see it, uh, just expected it to be windy all day. It pretty much uh, ended up being a, a significant edge there. So uh, that was uh, that was one thing I missed last week. Yeah, man, I uh, I saw it and I thought about it. And then far too often I've changed my lineups yeah. you know, late Wednesday night and then there ended up being very little, if any, uh, weather edge. And so didn't end up making, you know, stacks and uh, definitely should have. And, you know, <laughs> I think it was Thursday afternoon, Patrick Reed hit it out of bounds on the par five. He got a drop. So he's hitting his third into the green. I don't know how far he was. And he sinks it for Eagle. And I'm just like, okay, well, uh, that's probably a precursor of what I am to expect the rest of the week because I had no Patrick Reed. But, um, yeah, some decent weekend lineups at least to get a little bit of money back. But, yeah, overall, um, you know, I was watching the Sunday coverage, and it was just brutal. I can't imagine playing golf in some of those conditions, um, let alone shooting nine under. Scott Stallings, nine under on Sunday. That was pretty incredible. Um, I thought Patrick Reed was going to do enough to get it done at the end. It's at least nice to see him playing well again. I know he's a very polarizing figure in golf, but um, he at least brings some eyes to to the television, and that's always good for golf. And then, yeah, Herbert, I didn't see that one coming. Um, and he was, I heard today, he was uh, bottom fifth, or he was outside the top 50 in fairways gained and in greens and regulation. So <laughs> at a course where we thought you had to hit a lot of fairways and greens, he did it all around the green and on the green, which is uh, pretty <laughs> the crazy. Chipping heroes. No, it's, uh, you know, quite ironic. Him and Reed both up there, the, the hero chips. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a good thing. I couldn't tilt the shot tracker, you know, through the four rounds. 
uh, to get upset about it. But yeah, Herbert uh, wasn't on him at all. Uh, played him a few times over the summer um, outside of the Euro Tour. He hadn't really done much on the on the PGA Tour. So uh, it was just one of those weird Sundays that uh, that went the wrong way. And sometimes, you know, sometimes those are the breaks. You got to put four rounds together. That's part of the reason why the DFS golf sweat uh, is, you know, one of the best there is and and can be one of the most frustrating. <laughs> it's it's got to be four days, not one day, not two days, four days. But uh, you know, winning, leading a GPP after Thursday or Friday on the, in golf is almost a kiss of death. But any other takeaways uh, from last week? And like you mentioned, that pretty impressive round by by Stallings there on Sunday. Uh, good call by you going to Taylor Pendrith. Um, I know he kind of blew up on Sunday, but um, yeah, we were all talking about it being an accuracy course, and you were just like, hey, um, all these guys have talent. He makes a ton of birdies. So um, if it doesn't play out the way we expect, then you know, might as well get some exposure to him. So good call on that one. And uh, I'm glad Patrick Rogers didn't win because I would have I would have really felt that one playing him so many times after all these years and missing out on it. <laughs> I like him this week. We'll uh, talk about him a little later on. So I think he's an interesting value. Um, yeah, Pendrith worked out, was looking really really good after Saturday, and then uh, made you know he made a bunch of putts and birdies and uh, just didn't make any on Sunday. And and sometimes that happens. And you're in the final group and on the PGA Tour, and it's you know I'm sure. Uh, nerves played a played a role in that too and the the conditions it was a uh, tough course when it's windy you know that was basically the only defense that uh, uh, that that course out down there in Bermuda had and uh, it showed its teeth when it when it got pretty breezy there uh, I mentioned the Thursday split so the Thursday was the morning wave was 3.1 over par and the afternoon wave was basically right at even par uh, that was the windiest day of the of the week and then in round two, both waves shot like 1.75 strokes under par. Round three, again, it was about two strokes under par. And then round four, back to over par. So it uh, just goes to show you that some of those courses that are exposed to the wind, uh, we can still see the elements create an advantage. And, and that's what we saw last week. So kudos to any of you who happened to stack the weather draw correctly. Um, you know, it, it paid off if you got the right guys in there for sure. All right, let's uh, pivot forward, and uh, we got a little bit of a stronger field this week. Probably the one of the strongest that we've seen during the fall swing, outside of the, you know, the limited field events. Uh, the, as far as the full field events go, uh, this is probably the strongest field we'll see. We've got 132 in the mix this week, uh, and we've got some top names. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that the sponsor has changed. I remember talking about Unifin uh, quite a bit last year. Was a one and done, I guess, as the sponsor. Uh, OHL has sponsored, sponsored this tournament before. So it's gone through the hands of a few different sponsors, but Maya Coba uh, is where it's at. El Chameleon, the golf course that uh, will host and uh, has hosted for the last decade or so. So we do have some course history data to uh, to go off of. And uh, what are we looking at as far as uh, the, the course that these guys are going to see here this week? Yeah, so it's one of the shorter ones by PGA Tour standards. You certainly don't need a ton of length off the tee. Um, hitting fairways here, just like last week uh, on paper, seems to be very important, especially if you look at uh, some of Daddy Go Data Golf stuff. Um, par 71, 7,000 yards, or three par fives, and a really cool course. I mean, some of it goes through like uh, some vegetation, and then you get like looks of the ocean, and uh, there's even a cave on one of the holes uh, right in the middle of the fairway. So it's a pretty cool course, especially to watch on TV. And uh, basically, you just don't want to stray too far offline off the tee and if you keep it in play you should be 
able to make a lot of birdies. The greens are easy to hit. Um, even if you miss the greens, scrambling success rate here is really high. Uh, the greens themselves are past pollen, which are very slow. I think it's going to read around 10 on the stint meter. So guys can be very aggressive with their putts. We've seen very few three putt percentage, um, you know, over the years. And uh, you're going to have to make a lot of birdies. Uh, the average winning score here in the last five years is around 21 under par. And uh, each of the last five winners have been in the top 11 in greens and regulation the week that they played. So going to want to hit fairways, going to want to hit greens and um, kind of take your chances with putters. We've seen some bad putters like Grillo, you know, play well here over the years, but um, you're going to have to make putts. It is a birdie fest. Um, so you're going to have to make putts, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. No shot tracker. Again, we do get the modified uh, shot two from the fairway uh, or whatever. So it's better than nothing, but um, yeah, I think you're gonna have to make birdies. You have to go low and it doesn't look like there's going to be much wind, um, at least at this point in the forecast. So I do think it's going to be a very low uh, scoring event. Yeah. The winning score has been between 17 and 22 under, I believe each of the last eight years here. So that's just kind of a benchmark of what to expect. And we have a bit of a stronger field. I'd say this week, uh, compared to, you know, what we have seen in the past at this event, at least it feels a little bit stronger, uh, particularly, you know, at the top and we get down to the 6k range, there's some, you know, questionable names or really any field is going to seem strong after what we had last week, uh, because you just don't see a whole lot of events that are as weak as what we saw in Bermuda, but, uh, that's the nature of the fall swing. And, uh, you know, some people just can't stand it. And some of us, you know, like it. And I think, you know, a point that we can make now is getting to know a lot of these guys uh, that we have either later in the summer um, and maybe guys that played on the Euro tour a little bit more like uh, say Guido and Mito Pereira and guys like that. And now these new corn Ferry tour graduates that have their tour cards like Nick Hardy and Taylor Pendrith and Ramey and some of these guys uh, that we've been playing the last month keep in mind that having some knowledge of these players in their games is going to help all of us that are playing now and listening now and, and doing the research now when it comes to, you know, say February and March, right? When NFL ends, <clears throat> then you've got, you know, the, uh, the PGA tour ramping up and getting to the, you know, getting to the early majors and uh, the new PGA tour schedule that gives us some pretty strong events in February, March, and April. Like, Super Bowl weekend is always the the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So you start to see some strong golf fields. And knowing these golfers before the average casual fan does and before the average casual person's putting their DFS money in, I think there's something to be said about this, you know, giving us an edge, say, two or three months from now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, we're starting to get at least a little bit of a big enough sample to where we can, you know, kind of pick out the good ball strikers, the guys that – are good putters um, and those types. So uh, I like that call a lot. And yeah, just paying attention, knowing, uh, you know, who's on top of the leaderboards, who's making moves. Um, I do think eventually it'll come in handy. Uh, hopefully this week uh, I could use a big one if, uh, if you're giving them out. <laughs> oh, sure. We'll hand them out. Uh, it doesn't cost me anything to hand them out. Uh, whether they come true or not, I, I don't know, but uh, we can try. All right. Uh, agreed on the course. Pretty cool course. Another, you know, one where you don't need distance, basically everything that Derek mentioned certainly holds true and uh, and we've got some more course history to look at and go off of this week compared to uh, what we have with some of the other recent events so let's dig in i mentioned we've got some bigger names at the top we've got our usual six to seven above 10k on DraftKings. <clears throat> we can probably split this into two angles here so let's talk about 
uh, say the top three uh, because they're going to get the most ownership. And then we'll talk about the other 10 K options after that. So uh, Justin Thomas, Victor Hoblin, who's the defending champion and Abraham answer are your top three and projected. Let's see. Right now we have Thomas at 19% ownership, Hoblin at 21 and answer at 23. So uh, do you think, you know, if you're single entry building cash game building, you want to try to pick one of these top three? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of the win equities up there. And honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with them. Uh, I started the week wanting to play answer uh, and also have a bunch of them. Uh, top 10 in four of his last six starts, accurate off the tee, very good with his irons, good course history here. So certainly no issue with answer. But then uh, I took a step back and was just like, why would I not just play JT? I mean, he's a better golfer long term. Uh, he's won a lot more on the PGA Tour. He's got just as good a form coming in, four straight uh, top 22 finishes and T12 here last year. So for me, that's enough uh, to give the slight edge to JT over answer, but certainly can't go wrong with either of them. I think in MME, you uh, you know try to get as much as you can. And just naturally, I'm going to be lower on Hovland because of that, but um, that's scary. I mean, the best ball striker in the field for sure. And a guy that uh, just continuously you know rounds out top 20 finishes and he's obviously the defending champ. So uh, I would go JT answer Hovland, but uh, I don't think there's a wrong answer. What about you? Yeah, definitely not a wrong answer. Um, you know, in, in GPPs, I, I did write up answer and Hovland. So uh, again, I like all three. I'll, I'll keep all three of them in my player pool. I think if you take, you know, if you take the metrics um, and the $500 discount, I, I think answer is probably the best blend with safety at this point. Uh, but, you know, I, I like all three, like you said. Um Hovland, you know, just puts on a ball striking clinic every week and he's learning to kind of get past those weeks where he's brutal with the short game, uh, still hiccups from time to time, but, uh, yeah, all three of them grayed out really well. Uh, I will probably have the most answer, uh, of the three. And then naturally, I mean, it, 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 I think these three are so far ahead of the rest in this range, like nothing against Finau, uh, Hatton, you know, Hatton, Horschel, they seem a little overpriced. Uh, I know Horschel comes in in pretty good form, but I just, when, you know, Billy Horschel at 10-1, when you got answer at $600 more and Hovland at 800 more, like, yeah, it's just hard to justify that. So uh, the rest of the 10K range, I probably won't have a whole lot of because I want to make sure I keep answer Thomas and Hovland in my GVP pool. So uh, what about you and the rest of that range? Yeah, I agree. And I mean, look at Brooks. He just hasn't been that great outside of the majors uh, over the last couple of years. And he's lost uh, at least one stroke on approach in four of his last five. So his irons aren't working right now. Wouldn't really consider him an accurate driver of the ball. Uh, same goes for Finau. But um, I guess you could, you know, play the Puerto Rico um, narrative. We saw, you know, Hovland win there and then win here. Hovland or Finau obviously won in Puerto Rico and has a pretty good track record here. So don't mind him in tournaments, but uh, I agree with you on Hatton. And, yeah, Horschel, I don't know what he's doing up here. Um, I get the course history and all that, but uh, I'm not paying paying that much for him. So I agree. And then back to the top three, I will note, JT probably has the most uh, volatility of those three just because he's by far the least accurate driver um, of the bunch. Hovland's fifth in good drive percentage. Abraham answers first in this field, and then JT's 57th. So, uh, he has the better iron play, but uh, definitely more volatility. He could be finding those, uh, you know, those forests or the water uh, quite a bit. <laughs> By the way, I meant to mention this at the start of the show, and I forgot. 
We spent like five minutes last week trying to figure out who this Scott Gacheski person was. Scotty G. Uh, and I hadn't heard of him prior to the show. And, you know, I'm sure Noto didn't know a whole lot about him other than what the model was was saying. And I look like Thursday afternoon after the, the PM wave takes off, tees off. And here's this guy tied for the lead. And I'm thinking we sat here and laughed about it for five minutes on the show. Um uh, DB was texting us at uh, the Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon saying, you know, you got to play some now. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, I, I X this guy out and here he is. And it's going to be this hilarious story. Um, he finished 39th respectable finish for a guy who was basically minimum salary across the board. Uh, would have been pretty cool if he'd, have, you know, kept it up throughout the week, but uh, Hey, 39th, we can't complain. And we got to mush somebody this week too. <laughs> we got yeah, that was pretty cool uh, i think he finished second in green regulation too so uh he's uh definitely my type of guy you know hit make a lot of greens and then uh, a lot of three putts so <laughs> yeah that, that was pretty cool thursday round that played pretty difficult he made just one bogey and uh just couldn't make enough birdies uh throughout the week to to stay up inside the top 20 but uh, it was <laughs> pretty then- fun <laughs> And then Dan texts us and is like, there's no way this guy's 45 because his picture on the PGA Tour site uh, looks a lot different than his picture if you just Google him. So, uh, yeah, it does look like he aged about 10 years in his PGA Tour profile pic. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> um, you, you think you pull up a senior tour leaderboard or something. Anyway, um, hey, we can't disparage the man. He, he put up a respectable finish for anyone who may have rostered him as a result of our uh, fun discussion last week. So we'll see. Uh, if Noto's got somebody else in the model that we can, uh, you know, we can find some more information on the Wikipedia page before we get off the air. Uh, that segment works better than the guess the golfer segment that we used to yeah. do where everyone, <laughs> we always picked it terrible. So, uh, all right, uh, back, back on track. Um, again, not, not a ton of interest in the rest of the 10 K plus guys, largely because of the, the fact that we like the top three, but uh, moving into the nine K range. And this is where you can tell that this field has a little bit more depth. Uh, than what we've seen in some of the events over the past couple of months. Um, Scheffler, solid play. Sometimes we've seen him up in the 10Ks. Aaron Wise has been playing pretty good. Patrick Reed broke out of a funk with that uh, second-place finish last week. You've got Lowry, Wolf, Zalatoris. Taylor Gooch has been playing pretty well up at 9K as well. So this is a pretty strong range. Um, Who are you liking in there? Yeah, it's weird seeing Aaron Wise priced up here, and I, he he deserves it 100%. I mean, 12 straight made cuts, four top tens during that stretch. He's got some really good course history to here, too. He's had a second place here last year, so I get it. I haven't been playing him up to this point, so I don't think I can hop on now at this price. But, um, yeah, he's been playing some great golf, and he's finally putting pretty well. Um, he's always been pretty good tee to green, so – Definitely a guy that I, I don't hate, but uh, I probably can't pay that price for him. I like Scheffler. You know, he's kind of been middling uh, performances the last couple outings. I think he's interesting. Um, if he was in a little bit better form, he would be priced up there in the 10K range. And then the guy I like the most is Shane Lowry. Uh, he's, he's been making a lot of cuts. Uh, he's been one of the better iron players in the field. And similar to JT, if he can keep it in play off the tee, I think he's going to make a ton of birdies. Uh, just because his iron play has been so good. So I like Lowry quite a bit. It doesn't look like he's going to be too popular. Uh, 7% looks pretty good to me. And then uh, Wolf's been playing better. He's a guy that I'm rooting for, but it's kind of weird. He's he's never going to rate out well in models because he's been you know so bad in the last couple of these seasons. So uh, I would include him in my MME player pool. And then uh, obviously got to mention Zalatoris. 
It just feels too cheap. A guy that, you know, has been 10 K in most of these swing season events. Um, recent form hasn't been great, but uh, certainly a, a field I think he could contend in. Yeah. And I think he could be the one guy that not a lot of people play just because the form has dipped and you kind of forget about him. He's not priced among the top four or five guys. That's where he was in a lot of the weaker fall swing event, you know, weaker field events. Uh, and, you know, there's just not uh, not as much chatter around him now that it's easy to just not click that name, uh, even though, you know, he's priced a, a lot more affordably than than what we've seen with some other events. So I think Zalatoris is interesting at ninety one hundred. Uh, definitely a strong GPP play, especially since I don't love a lot around him. You know, we talk about not being, you know, used to Wise at 9,600 or even Gooch at 9K. Uh, and, you know, Wolf, I I've always struggle with, you know, getting him right. or fine, And I don't really think this is the right spot to play him, particularly at 9,200. So, uh, yeah, Zalatoris will, will definitely stay in my GPP pool for sure. Any other Patrick takes Green? on that? <laughs> no comment. I, I mean, I no comment. I mean, now I don't know what to do. Not on either. Whatever we decide on, everyone else needs to do the opposite. What's he done here? Is he played here? I'm gonna look that up, but he might have it faster. He 84, so miscut in 2017 is all I got for him. Last 50 rounds, 99th in this field in strokes gained off the tee. I can't do it, but he's that's, like that's mostly 10. just like the last uh, three events, though. He lost like six at the tour championship and but uh, I will say, in my course comps, number one in the field. Ugh. Fine. Let's play some. Why not? Okay. So everyone, everyone has a fade him then, if me and you are uh, playing. Yeah, them. you all fade him. Noto and I will play him, and we'll sacrifice one. Um, I like Scheffler, I think, in just in terms of upside. He's been a little more inconsistent lately, but uh, I like targeting him in, the, targeting him in these events that uh, turn into birdie fests. I think this is a spot where we can play him. So Scheffler. Uh, regrettably read, probably play some of him. Zalatoris play some of him. Otherwise probably not a ton of exposure to this range for me. And I don't mind. I'm like Lowry at 6%, I think is interesting just for ownership more than, than anything, but you probably don't have to get more than one guy in here, at least in a cash game type of build or, you know, jamming in a bunch of the nine K guys doesn't feel optimal with, you know, a little more win equity at the top, but. I don't know, tough range to gauge. A lot of unpredictability with a lot of those guys. Like even Zalatoris, Wolf, Reed, Wise, Scheffler. I mean, all those guys could easily miss a cut or, or top five. So uh, I'd say, well, maybe there is still some win equity there, maybe a little bit more than I just admitted, you know, two minutes ago. Uh, a little more inconsistency is maybe the better way to put it. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move down into the 8K range. We've got Tringali, Matt Fitzpatrick, last week's highest priced golfer on the board that, uh, you know, it's uh, not like he was horrible, but 30th place for the, you know, the guy that was at the top of the pricing scale. That's going to lead to him being under-owned, I think, this week. We've got Fitzpatrick at 15% as the highest owned player between 8,200 and, and 9K. Um, I don't know. I would surprise me. I guess Henley, 18%. But uh, I think people will will ignore Fitzpatrick a little bit more here. Uh, Sergio playing here for the first time, which I think is interesting. Ricky Fowler back up to 8,600 again. Uh, then you got McNeely, Noren, Keegan Bradley. Those are some of the names you'll see in kind of the mid-8Ks. Who are you looking at in there? Yeah, so you're not going to like this take at all. Uh, I'm going to be playing some Ricky Fowler. 
Um, and it's a gut pick. Um, I definitely can't make a strong argument for him. Um, he's clearly overpriced. I mean, I had to give him a 15% boost in my model and he's still the 31st best for 31st best golfer in the model. So, um, clearly not a good, uh, stats play, but he has a second here. He's got a two sixteen. the recent third where he led the field T to green. Um, I just think, I don't know. I just got a gut feeling on him and I used to be pretty good at uh, getting the Ricky Fowler weeks, right. Uh, and then I kept trying it when he was bad. And so that was impossible to get him right. Cause he was bad every week. So, uh, I'm going to try it again. Um, I'm, I'll play some of him. I like Sergio, uh, is a guy that, you know, one of the better ball strikers, a guy that's going to put himself in some good positions off the tee. Uh, he can be more aggressive than most cause he is one of the better total drivers. And then at the bottom range, Keegan Bradley, um, very accurate off the tee, very good with his irons. The same goes for Russell Henley. I think they're very comparable plays. Um, I'll have some of both, but I like the lower ownership on Keegan a little bit more. And then uh, Mito, always interesting, just continuing to churn out good finishes. T30 last week, certainly no issue with that. And I also like Bazudenhout, another guy that was in the 10K range last week that, um, I mean, made the cut, um, wasn't great, but uh, I certainly don't mind going back there. He's one of the better putters in the field. And again, he's made 27 straight cuts worldwide. So um, if you need safety in this range, I mean, you're not going to find a guy, you know, with the longer cut streak than that. Yeah, and he's just uh, another one that just kind of faded a bit there on Sunday last week as I bring up last week's leaderboard and see all my golfers that have the <laughs> down position arrows for their final round. Um, it's funny, like all my guys who made the cut, the Zudenhout minus 14 spots on Sunday, Dylan Wu minus 36 spots, Mito minus eight, Fitzpatrick minus eight, Svensson minus 12. I can't uh, believe you have them start. I have to get rid of them right when they do that. Pendrith minus four, and then Scott Stallings plus 45. One of my guys <laughs> played well on Sunday, uh, but uh, he wasn't in my best couple of lineups, so it didn't uh, didn't work out. But lots of lots of red arrows on Sunday. I will be uh, yeah, I'll be getting rid of them now. Um, anyway, back to the uh, the task at hand. I'm making myself re, re uh, relive Sunday's round uh, needlessly here. All right. Uh, Keegan, I think is interesting. I like the little blurb that you wrote up on him uh, in our Roto Grinders lineup HQ tool. If you want to unlock the power of uh, Roto Grinders premium, I invite you to uh, give it a try. This is the time of year to do it. We've got like 6,000 sports going on and it's about to be 6,001 because college basketball starts this weekend um thankfully I, I don't have to do content for that anymore yeah. um but, but uh one year back in the in the i won't don't want to say infancy but the earlier days of dfs uh finished number one on the college basketball leaderboard on roto grinders and i don't think i played a single contest last year yeah. uh, it's funny how times change <laughs> um but uh, yeah, so I got that in my little trophy case, but uh, don't play as much college basketball anymore. But anyway, uh, we've got uh, gurus. Uh, Sean uh, helps uh, the college football content, college basketball, NHL has started, NBA has started, football's in full swing, uh, baseball's wrapping up and golf, obviously you're here, uh, still going on. So great time to try out Rotor Grinders Premium. You can get the combo package with all those sports in it. Uh, or choose, you know, a single sport or your individual sports, whatever you like. Uh, build it on your own. You can get 10 bucks off your first month of uh, RG Premium by using the link uh, in the description if you're watching on YouTube or we'll drop it in the chat. Uh, or And you can, uh, you know, check it out on the site. So 10 bucks off your first month using that link. And uh, hopefully you'll, you'll like it and, uh, and stick around. So, again, never better time to do it. Lots of sports going on right now. 
Uh, and while you're at it, while you're down there, you're looking for the link, like and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that. Like this video, give us some thumbs up and uh, yeah, keep us rolling in the YouTube algorithms there. All right, uh, let's keep on rolling then. I agree on Keegan a little bit. Uh, always like Mito Pereira, so I can save you all the, if you look at my content for any length of time or watched us on the show, you know I like him pretty much every week. So uh, we'll spare you another rundown of him this week. But I think the lower end of this range is definitely the most interesting. Bazuna, who you mentioned, Mito, Keegan Bradley. We got Henley getting yeah. some ownership. So uh, I think I like those guys. And and I like Sergio just as a contrarian play in, in GPPs. You know, Sergio only plays the events that he wants to play at this stage. And it's a little bit weird that you know, without much of a history here, he's coming to play. But uh, recent stats are pretty good. And, uh, and I think he's interesting for tournaments. You talk me on to read, you're not talking me on to follow. I have a one of those two <laughs> limit for, for go follow then. Go follow. <laughs> so no follower for me. All right, let's move into the seven Ks. And uh, again, still some strong options here. Uh, Seamus Power has been in the nine Ks. So has Charlie Hoffman for most of the fall swing. Neiman has been in the nine Ks, even up to 10 K at times. Uh, last week's winner, Herbert, is in here. So Justin Rose is 7,900. Um, yeah, I've tagged up. Seamus Power, I think, you know, he tends to play really well in these weaker field events. A little bit stronger field this week, but he's logged back-to-back, -back, you know, top 25 finishes, and uh, he's all the way down to 7,700 this week. So uh, Power is the guy that I like in here. Uh, what are you looking in, into the uh, mid-to-upper 7Ks? Yeah, I like Seamus Power, probably the most upside of these guys. It's weird seeing Justin Rose in this range, um, and he does have a couple of recent top 10s. I won't go there myself. I never get him right, but um certainly an interesting name if you want to you know take a flyer on him neiman finally we're uh we can play him in a cut event again um i talked about it a lot in those no cut events he just loses so much equity because he just makes a ton of cuts and uh, doesn't have a ton of high finishes so in those no cut events i like to fade him especially when he's popular but i think you can go to him this week uh and then yeah you mentioned lucas herbert i mean nobody's gonna play him we saw brandon todd win these events back to back uh can he do it I think he can. I mean, there's no, there's no doubting his talent. Uh, the consistency has just been, you know, what's been lacking and hasn't played a ton on the PGA tour. Um, you know, I, I played him a lot over the summer and it didn't really work out, but uh, the talent is there and, you know, something to be said for gaining some confidence and, you know, the travel worries me a little bit plus the win, but uh, it's also a pretty weak field and there's not a ton you're going to love in the six K's. So yeah, I might buck the trend. I might play him some in GPPs. I mean, I'm in general, um, I'm a fan, so it was it was nice to see him win. I get the feeling he'll have to finish better than top 50 in green regulation this week if uh, if he's going to repeat. But yeah, I think he's uh, interesting. Um, that's what are for his sure. odds? Do you have that handy? I heard he was 150 somewhere, but uh, 130 on DK right now. And I mean, I would imagine that's higher than. Yeah. Uh, Varner right below him's 40 to one. Everyone else about 60 to 80. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Herbert's nobody's going to play him. I, it's, it's at least, uh, at least interesting. Interesting. Uh, what are you doing with Grillo? Um, a guy with great <laughs> course history. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned that the, the, the upside just doesn't seem to be there because we know he's going to lose strokes putting all the time. Um, maybe this is a course where he doesn't like, it's hard to tell. Cause we don't have the shot link data. Mm -hmm. You know, is this just a random course where he tends to putt? Well, dude's gained 38 strokes on the field the last five years here. Uh, you can't, I mean, it's gotta be worth something. 
Yeah. And uh, a lot of those are included in this, but uh, he's got like the third best or stroke game per round on past Fallen green courses. So um, there's only a couple of them. There's Corrales and uh, I'm sure I'll get others. sucked in. I almost always do, especially with that course history. I, there's, maybe, he's we gonna get a, maybe we can get a quote from him this week. If he's uh, in one of the interviews and <laughs> saying that he likes the greens. Or Show something. us all your putting uh, from, from this course, please. Um, yeah, fine. It'd be a little chalky, but not, you know, I think he might end up being a little chalky by the time it tees off, but I don't mind him. I think I'd play him. I think I'd play him over most of the other guys in that kind of vicinity, which is kind of weird to say. I do like Rogers though. Yeah. I, I like want to hear him. this. Cause it's usually me trying to get you guys. <laughs> um, I, I don't, you know, Rogers is weird because we, we tend to think of him as a guy that's on these courses where he can utilize his driver and, you know, it requires a little bit of distance is a little wide open uh, where we tend to like him. Um, but, and so, you know, going into this week, I was just like, eh, you know, just let's look into him a little bit more. Uh, but let, he's got a sixth and a fourth in the fall swing. So this is not, this is not what we are used to seeing from Rogers. A lot of times it's okay. You know, makes a decent amount of cuts goes on a stretch where he misses a bunch of cuts uh and then makes a few in a row but the finishes are 25th 28th 30th something like that but sixth and a fourth in two of his last three starts um and he's got three top 20s here and, and so i mean obviously he's played he's played her seven times um so that course history has some value 14th in 2018 17th last year made the cut the year before uh, and he's 7,400 and he's playing pretty good golf right now. So when you take the two top tens in the fall swing, plus the price, uh, plus the fact that, you know, the course history is pretty good and you wouldn't think of this as a course where he would, you know, he would pop, uh, at, we got him at 7%, at 7,400. Uh, I'm in for that. Yeah. I like that. And obviously we don't know how to quantify this stuff, but, uh, he didn't make the, the FedEx cup playoffs. And then he had to go to the corn Ferry tour championship to retain his card and he finished 15th got his card so maybe that was just a relief and then uh, you mentioned the couple top 10 cents so uh, I don't mind that play I don't mind Johnny Vegas right above him um, another guy that we typically like on bomber tracks but uh, the irons have been very good recently and then Strillman just seems like the perfect course fit I mean he's a guy that um, hits a ton of uh, fairways hits a ton of greens and um, some really good you know numbers in terms of ball striking. So don't mind looking at him. Um, anyone else in the seven K? I mean, how about chalk Russell Knox two weeks in a row? I bet him top 10 instead of playing him in DFS. <laughs> he's I got, just, he's got third, ninth, 33rd, 23rd, and there's four trips here. And he finished 12th last week. I get it, but yeah, I don't know. I can't do it. So you, what'd you say? You bet him top 10. Yeah. One stroke away. Does not count. No, no, this week. Oh, oh, this week. Okay. Instead of playing Chalky. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Well, good thing you didn't bet him last week because he finished one <laughs> stroke short. Yeah. And he bogeyed the par five seventeenth. So that would not have would not have set well with me anyway. Um boy, those bets are brutal when that happens. Uh, kudos to, you know, pour one out anybody that had that last week. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I didn't play him last week. Probably hard to go back there again, but he, he does kind of stand out at seventy three hundred. Um, we've got Streelman at lower ownership. And as of right now, I'm with you. Pendrith is the interesting one. Like what is that Sunday birdie free, you know, the, the losing the lead, like 
this, that's where it's tough for me to gauge with these guys that have just got their PGA tour cards. Is that going, you know, having the lead and finishing tied for fifth, which is still a pretty nice payday for a guy just onto the PGA tour. Is that like a momentum builder or is it a, or is it a, Oh my gosh, I let a W get away from me. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Of course, everybody's mental state is different. I guess the pessimist would say, Oh, now he's going to suck. And the optimist would say, Hey, he's building, you know, he's building confidence. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with Pendrith. I just take my, take my W from last week with him and move on and not play him this week. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's what I would do. Um, not the best course fit similar to last week. He obviously bucked that trend, but um, the wind was a lot different than uh, I was expecting. And yeah, you don't know. I mean, if you tell him before the week that if he finishes, he was going to finish top five, he would take it every time. But at the same time, if you told him he was leading and then finished fifth, he wouldn't uh, on sa- on Saturday night. So who knows uh, if it's going to, you know, let him go, uh, you know, keep it going or if it's going to, you know, go the other way. But given the course fit, I think I'm going to be off of him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I probably will end up there as well. I've seen a little buzz around Hendrick Stenson for some reason this weekend. Not a ton, not, not a ton, but I've seen him mentioned a few places. So I'm guessing this is European tour, but fourth, third, 15th, and 30th, the last four events. (laughs) Is it it the senior tour? (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen him. We we haven't seen him on the PGA tour. It seems like he's like withdrawn every time he's been registered for a PGA tour event lately. I don't know. I can't do it. <clears throat> yeah, all in Europe. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move down into the 7K and under range. I don't have a ton of names in here, but uh who are you looking at? Yeah, last week I liked a lot of the guys in the 6Ks. This week I don't like very many. I think Chris Kirk always seems to rate out well in the model. Uh, he's made at least four straight cuts at this event. He's made at least five straight cuts on the PGA Tour. Uh, I usually get him wrong, but I am going to be playing some of him this week at 6,700. And then I, mean, I don't really have a lot of names. There's like Zach Johnson and Hank Leviota at 6,200, which is kind of crazy. I'm not going to be playing them, but um, it's weird seeing them that cheap. In terms of the model, other guys. That, if I play uh, Hank Leviota one more time, I'm going to have to sell my house. I can't do it right now. I know, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> He's just missed so many cuts. He was so good. He was like 30% owned at 9,500 that one week or whatever. And yeah. I don't think he's made a cut since. It's it's baffling to me that it can go from so just on fire <laughs> to nothing that fast. But uh, I don't know. I've went down with that ship, and I, I think that uh, – yeah, it's been in for repairs, and then we're we're sailing a different direction now. Yeah, I played him last week. Uh, didn't work. So other guys that the model likes, uh, Guido Migliozzi, haven't seen much from him recently, but he is uh, a very talented young golfer. Charles Howe um, has the best uh, course history, history over expectation, according to um, Data Golf. Thomas Dietrich, another European tour guy, and then Ches Reeve who does fit the, you know, hitting fairways and be good with your irons. He's got some pretty good courses three as well. Yeah. Guido is interesting. He was in some really, really poor form. Um, I didn't play him last week, but I followed his rounds a decent bit. And now I don't really don't know what to do because he started with a 72. Then he shot a 65 and then he shot a 69 and then he finished with a 77. Now, 
the 72 was in the tougher wave on Thursday, and then the 77 was in the tougher conditions on Sunday. And then the two rounds with the easier conditions, he shot 65, 69, and we're expecting, you know, easier scoring conditions this week as well. So now that his price is all the way down to, what is it, 6,900, 60, 60, no, yeah, 6,900 on DraftKings. We got him at 4% ownership. I'm intrigued by the way he played in the easier conditions last week. I really wish, really wish he wouldn't have finished with a 77. Uh, but at the same token, like Guido was second, 22nd heading into Sunday. If he would have shot three or four under on Sunday and finished 10th, okay, if Guido would have finished 10th with a good Sunday round and be and been 6,900 this week, he'd be four times as owned as he's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but since he finished with a 77, you know, everyone's still ignoring him. So I think that's the play I'm going to hitch a few wagons to this week. Uh, we'll, we'll ride the Guido train a little bit. Um, and then the other one, I mean, if you just want a relatively safe play um, that I think can get you a mate cut, I think Tyler Duncan is okay. Um, we haven't seen him in four weeks. So he, you know, he, he's rested uh, for a month, uh, had four straight, sub 70 rounds at the Sanderson farms. The last time he teed it up and uh, he's made the cut the last four years here uh, with 11 strokes gained on the field. So Tyler Duncan at 6,400, I think is at least worth a peak as a punt play. So those are a couple names that I like anything else on your end. You know who always plays well at these uh, coastal tracks, these uh, alternate field tracks is Bryce Garnett. I mean, won the Corrales top 35 and every time he's played this event, we have him at 2% ownership, so um, 3% ownership, sorry. My guess would have been Scott Brown. That's who I thought you were getting at. Ooh, yeah, Campos. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico team, <laughs> Scott Brown. Yeah. Scott Brown and Campos, uh, the two guys that show up uh, for the, the Puerto Rico swing every year. Um, who was that? Now I forgot who you even said. Uh, Bryce Garnett. Garnett, that's right. Let's see. But I don't think you need to dip into the 6Ks too much this week. Yeah, you don't. Uh, Sixty five hundred. I mean, you got all those guys in the lower end of the seven Ks that are like 40, 50, 60 to one to win. Streelman, Knox, Varner, you know, Rogers, Grillo, all those guys. I think you can pay an extra four or five hundred and get two of those guys in your lineup, and you're probably a little better off. So, yeah, that's uh, going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, before we get out of here, just uh, want to make a quick mention of. Prize picks. So they didn't have any gol- early golf stuff up this week uh, when we looked right before the show. Uh, but uh, usually they'll put that up in some golf props and plenty of other sports as well. You can sign up at prize picks, prizepicks.com or download the app. Use promo code grinders and you get a deposit bonus, 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks with your first deposit uh, on prize picks today. So check that out, prizepicks.com, download the app. Uh, they should have their golf stuff up a little bit later. Otherwise, NBA, football, college football, plenty of good stuff on there for you to check out. So uh, with that, we are going to be down to two weeks left in the fall swing. Uh, and the December break is always good for those of us that are grinding multiple sports this time of year. And trust me, the the the, the three, the four-week break from golf uh, feels like, you know, four months uh, because we're so yeah. used to doing it each and every week. So uh, we've got the Houston Open and the RSM Classic to round out the fall swing the next two weeks, uh, two kind of standard events that we usually have. Although I think 
Uh, they might be playing the Houston event at a new course this year, uh, if I remember right. Let's see. Houston Open. Well, I got to check this out now. Unless I'm unless I'm just misremembering the old course. Has it always been at this Memorial Park for Houston Open? Do you remember? Memorial Park. That's wasn't wasn't one of the playoff events held there one year. Yeah, it was at Golf Club of Houston. So 2019 was the last time it was held at Golf Club of Houston. Uh, 2020 uh, moved to Memorial Park. Ironically, 34 million donated by the uh, uh, Houston Astros Foundation, uh, or no, Astros Golf Foundation. I was going to say baseball on the brain there too. Astros Golf Foundation with input from Brooks Kepka. Uh, interesting. So yeah, it's only been held one time at uh, at the new course, uh, which was won by Carlos Ortiz last year. For some reason, I don't remember a whole lot about that course. I'll have to dig in before next week. Uh, in any case, Memorial Park will be hosting the Houston Open for the second time next week, and then the RSM Classic, as usual, at uh, Sea, I- sea Island to close out the, the fall swing. So two more events. We'll have you covered for those. And uh, until then, we'll go ahead and sign off for now. For our producer, Eli, and my co-host, Derek, a.k.a. Noto, we appreciate you tuning in and checking us out. Good luck in all your contests. Enjoy the rest of your first week of November, and we'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. I'm Justin. Take care, everybody. (music) 